It's like a sugar crunch coating thing going on or something. Yeah, it's it's not just like a frosted flake no. coating. No, there's yeah, more it's to a little, it than that. A little hardier. Yeah. A little hardier on those flakes. Yeah. yeah, like it's the evolution tree where it starts with corn flakes, it evolves into frosted flakes, and then its final evolution is raisin bread. <laughs> <laughs> Who's eating oh. corn flakes in 2020? I've never Reveal yourself. eaten corn flakes. Especially not like the frosted ones, just straight up the one you're talking about the one with like just the rooster on it. Yeah. Regular like, ass regular ass corn flakes that they put athletes on. Who's eating yeah. that shit? Who's eating those and who's eating Cheerios that are not honey nut? Or, or some other variety or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Some other for any variety. But like one time I, I just thought I thought Cheerios and Honey Nut Cheerios were one and the same. And I bought no. a box of Cheerios one time and man. <laughs> You know who's eating those is toddlers. Toddlers eat regular Cheerios. Yeah, yeah. And they're also throwing them on the floors of restaurants. <laughs> they come out to Every eat, so I like sweep them up. <laughs> yes. Correct. But I, I do want to file this under things that you never notice were weird until you go to another family's house. Yeah. But Ooh, in my childhood, like my family had a framed box of cornflakes that had uh oh fuck what's the leave it they had beaver and whatever his older brother's name was from Wally? leave it yeah like it had <laughs> them on the and i don't know why this was just framed in our kitchen Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 36, and my name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey everybody. And John Hines. Hello, hello. We're a little bit shorthanded without DJ tonight, but we're gonna hack away uh, regardless and talk about Heck some yeah. more video games per usual. Uh, DJ will be back with us in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, I just briefly wanted to mention, we don't have to like go into any kind of long conversation about it, but I know I was kind of picking your brain uh, before the holiday episode, Randall, about yeah. Slay the Spire and how you were able to uh, to conquer the uh, <laughs> the Spire, I guess, or the heart. Uh, I'll always say. talk more Slay the Spire. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't have too much more to say other than I, I was able to beat it with uh, the silent. Oh, uh, nice. Both on uh, regular, like you know, just the standard difficulty. And then, uh, I, I opened up, I think the Ascension mode is what it's called. Yeah. Um, which, uh, I believe Ascension mode level one, which I was also able to beat, which adds, uh, all of your like elite enemy encounters or right. just a little, I think it just says they're more difficult. It doesn't really say if they're, if they have more health or do more damage, I don't really fully understand, but just those elite encounters were a little more difficult. And then uh, now Ascension level uh, two, which is what I'm starting uh, again. You can only do the Ascension level with the character that you've beaten the game uh, with. So like right. I can't do Ascension mode with the Ironclad or with the defect, the aptly named uh, defect character. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> who I've still only played one round with. Right. But uh, but yeah, the silence. So, yeah, I'm just kind of chipping away at at, And I, I kind of did take some of your advice, like um, I guess one in some ways and, and in some ways not. But yeah, just kind of stacking like. Going with the flow, but yeah, my my most successful runs have been like taking those poison yes. cards and like, oh, I'm really able to stack this. Oh, I got cards that double the enemy's poison, yes. and like all of a sudden you're just dealing out damage like without even realizing it. Those are huge um, on the boss battles, and espe- yeah. I would imagine especially in ascension mode since you are facing so many more elites, that would come yeah. in handy like crazy. 
And and now that I'm on Ascension level two, all of the enemy encounters are more difficult, oh or at least I think now it just says like the the normal enemy encounters. But I'm assuming that also the elites, you know, remain at the level that they are in level one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of so. interesting because I've seen online where people are actually like, well, actually, Ascension mode is at least the first version is almost easier than the normal game because the elites when you defeat them are going to drop relics and relics are probably the most powerful thing to like increase your odds of beating the game in my opinion so gotcha. yeah i would agree with that although uh, or what with what you said although i would say i don't know that there's more elite encounters i i just experienced hmm. that they were more difficult i, I okay. didn't notice them popping up more on the map or anything like that yeah uh, i could maybe i just wasn't paying enough attention i do tend to take the routes that are that i see more question marks on yeah i do too uh or like the path that like okay i know there's a merchant up that way and like i'm gonna have a decent amount of coins you know if i'm able to survive until then so like i want to definitely either remove a card from my deck or or buy a potion or maybe even buy a relic you know right. if i've if i've saved up they're typically the more expensive items in the shops but oh, yeah um yeah, I just uh, I still am just loving this game. Uh, I, I've been a little uh, been able to suck my time into some other stuff uh, more recently. So I've kind of, you know, put it put it to the side for the last week, but um, still find myself like booting up a game every once in a while. And uh, um looking forward to seeing if there's anything beyond Ascension level two or, you know, I, I don't know what's going on because it just kind of. I guess, yeah, never mind. I was going to maybe give away some kind of spoiler, but yeah, if you haven't played it and get to the end, but uh, it, it seems like there, I have not achieved the true ending of the game. I would, I would assume that that is the case. Yeah. John, um, have you but, played more of it too? I've played a few runs, but I have not reached the levels of success that you guys have. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta join the I, winners I, club. <laughs> I will say that success does come kind of like not, it doesn't feel lucky, but but there There's is a, an element yeah. of chance for Definitely. sure of like the Big layout time. of the maps or the axe that you get, you know, and, and how many like sometimes I, I've had like chunks of like I did almost half of this act like just kind of bouncing from question mark. Yep. And, you know, was lucky enough or even maybe had a relic that was like none of the unknown uh, nodes or whatever are going to give you a battle. So I was always running into just either, you know, sometimes it's not always a positive encounter, but for the most part, you have a positive like option or at least a kind of just like I'm just going to bypass this encounter. Right. So I've had times like almost this whole second act. I just basically just bypassed. Now I'm not getting any coins and I'm not able to buy anything and I'm not getting any relics from beating elite enemies but yeah i was able to just kind of jump through and i was able to stack up enough cards and get lucky on some of those where i was able to add more powerful cards to my deck without facing off with as many enemies so Mm -hmm. right but yeah i I don't have too much more to add to it unless uh anybody else does but yeah i just still still am playing and just will uh i'll keep you all posted on uh now that i've uh lapped randall here on uh, ascension mode (laughs) i know i need to boot it up again it's been too long (laughs) yeah it's still it still is like always staying on that front page of my switch no matter what yeah so can't blame you for that it's a perfect match it's a perfect marriage uh, having slayed the spire on switch honestly it's awesome yeah you know i will say too i did play it in bed the other night just like laying in bed with my switch and i messed around with the touch controls it feels kind of nice to kind of like grab the card and like flick it at the enemy that you want like not flick it but you like drag it over and like i did like the arrow kind of follows around it it feels kind of nice it works it works better than i thought it would actually it's it's yeah i was worried it would be a little clunky but it it feels nice it does feels nice so uh 
But anyways, I guess I can just move on from there to the other game that's actually been able to suck me away from Slay the Spire <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I've been playing a ton of Sparklight, and I, uh, I think I might have talked John into picking this game up as well. Oh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Don't be coy. <laughs> I had some extra points with my, uh, unfortunately, uh, now that Randall is better than me in, in another way. He's, uh, <laughs> But my, I got my Amazon points, and I cashed in, and I uh, I ordered some gifts for you know the family and stuff off Amazon. Oh, and yeah. I, with my credit card, got some points. I had like oh, yeah. 50 or 60 bucks, so I picked up uh, Children of Morta, and I picked up... Uh, Sparklight, which is the game that I have been playing. Um, I haven't picked up Children of Morty yet, but uh, this is basically like a top-down Zelda roguelike, and again, it's called Sparklight, just in case that was confusing. But uh, but yeah, it's just like a top-down Zelda-style roguelike without, it, like almost calling it Zelda-style, uh, hack and slash is yeah. maybe a better way to call it, because there, there aren't really like puzzle dungeons, like when you get to the, the boss dungeon, it's literally just like go into a room, break up some crates to recover your health, and then go fight the boss. Like, there's no, nothing about it, and even really in the overworld. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, going around and blowing up a rock once you get some new items and stuff, like a, a mine or something, and, oh, I blew up the rock, and, oh, there's a hole under the rock, and I can maybe un- get a new item under there. But essentially, it's got, like, a, a little bit of a steampunk aesthetic. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. some nice, like, 16-bit-esque pixel art. I like that um, pixel art. That's, I really like it, it a lot. Good. That's yeah, it that's reminds definitely me a lot of Moonlighter. Yeah, the same oh, yeah, I can see that. It's yeah. like a maybe a little cutesier than Moonlighter, just yeah, like a, a little, little bit more like in like the character lines design. Yeah, things. Whereas Moonlighter is very like uh, color on color or like, like yeah. lineless line art. That's a good. That's a good way to delineate the two for sure. But uh, but yeah, really like the pixel art. That's definitely what what caught my eye with this game. Yeah. But I really like so, you know, all these there's a lot of these games. John and I were kind of talking the other day, like these games that just kind of slap on these roguelike mechanics or, or this element of procedural generation. Uh, and a lot of times uh, it's just kind of thrown in to just like get some longevity out of your game or or whatever, even though I, I like a lot of these games uh, more often than not, to be honest, at least yeah. the ones that I tend to play. Um, and this one is no exception. I mean, it's, it's kind of broken up. So every time you land in the overworld, you're kind of like floating in this airship that they call, uh, the refuge, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you anchor down every time, every time you die, you start over and you land in the refuge or you start in the refuge and you land down, you drop anchor. And it's kind of these steampunk aesthetics. And, uh, when you land down in the world map, unless you, uh, I'll get to that later, but like the, the whole map is covered in cloud. Like you can't see anything and you start in like oh, okay. the main zone, which I think is called the vine lands. And then you essentially, you, you know, fight through that. It's, again, procedure generated each time you die. That's um, cool. But you, uh, once you beat the boss, then essentially that second area, like, or that first area is cleared. You don't ever have to fight that boss. It's actually kind of locked off. Oh, wow. And then you just don't even really have to mess around with that region other than to collect more of, like, the spark light, which is your currency in the game. Okay. Um, and that you're using to upgrade and craft stuff, and I'll get to that in a sec. Ooh. Um, but yes. yeah, and it's it's a little bit janky on the crafting in, in some ways, just the interface, I guess. But it's really fun. I like how the the mechanic works like your your weapon again to get to that steampunk aesthetic is like a wrench. Um, and you essentially have this patch bay on the refuge in the medical bay that you like. You're picking up these patches that you can add to your your patch board and you get like a quarter heart upgrade. But then when you get two of those, you can fuse those two together to make a half heart upgrade uh, and then fuse those together to make a whole heart upgrade and then fuse those like you get a damage upgrade, which that takes up like four spaces on the grid. So it's kind of got that like Resident Evil four. Oh, man, you're uh, speaking my language, that, but like a little bit of that, like, you know, you got to. Re- not resource management but space management i yes, guess just inventory like, hey, this, management 
yeah and crafting and, yes and and some of these uh patches are just going to show you where like the bosses are on the map and and again you can't see the map it's all covered in cloud unless so like for example after you beat the first boss you go back to the refuge but you haven't the world hasn't fractured each time you die the world fractures and that's kind of the the theme or like the 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 storyline you know how they're able to tie it into the the way the game works, like why it's procedurally generated essentially. Mm-hmm. So it has like a rhyme and reason in the game, which feels kind of cool. But, uh, but yeah, so like after you beat a boss, you land on the world and everything that you've explored up to that point is still uncovered. Like the clouds are all clear, but you essentially just kind of clear each zone is like its own level. There's new enemies, you know, they get progressively tougher, but again, okay. you're like crafting new patches to add to your, your patch board that are just making your weapon more powerful and making enemies attacks do less damage and adding health and just just adding stuff. I, I haven't fully upgraded that medical bay, but you're you're finding. Uh, I, yeah, this game is just really cool. I'm just <laughs> start going into like another topic. I can just keep rambling. But, John, I know you've played a little bit and I'll, I'll go into it a little bit more in a sec. But what, what do you think so far in like the little bit that you've played? Yeah. So I haven't beaten the first boss yet, so I'm still wandering around the Vinelands area. But it still offers you like a lot of like different mechanics in that like I've like unlocked, I think, from like the first time that I saw you play the game, like you had a lot of uh, uh, different like mechanics unlocked, like the workshop or the health bay or like the tinkerer, or the merchant. And like there there was a just a bunch of stuff that like I've already like I, I do tend to over prepare for stuff. So even though like oh, I've yeah. been I've been yeah. able to reach the uh like boss of the level like at full health i'm like eh, what if i just uh collect more money and then just upgrade stuff instead a little yeah. stronger yeah so like I, i've been doing a lot it's and so there is a lot unlocked like right off the bat and like it doesn't overwhelm you with stuff like you still have to like discover the people like in the vine lands before you can actually like do a lot of the stuff but yeah and like, I th- like I think you one almost of them rescue is- them and they come back almost like in chasm like you find the people in the world and then yeah. they come back Man. to like the main town or the main refuge and then you, they offer some service to you basically this game is made for me i'm a sucker for <laughs> as well dang yeah but uh but i guess like you you mentioned the workshop and that's kind of what i was about to get into is like so in the world like in each section of the world there's like these little temples that you find separate from the the boss dungeon or whatever where you find like a new item that you're going to get like a secondary item so your your wrench is kind of just your hack and slash sword essentially and then you get like the first thing you get is kind of just like this little like crossbow thing that shoots out like a little beam of electricity and then like so when you find that you get the you get the item and you're in a little dungeon that's like this is like the one little area where there's like little puzzle dungeons and you have to shoot these targets or or utilize the new like you get like a swimming mechanic later that allows you to swim in deeper water like there's lighter colored water and then when it's dark you can't walk in that otherwise it slows you down when you're in the shallow water okay but yeah when you go in the deep water but later you get like a little bubble thing that lets you swim and then you have to go through a little dungeon and solve the little swimming puzzles um but you and then you uh, essentially when you get to the end of that dungeon you have to give the item back but then like your character is like it's like i think your name's ada or Ava, I think it's Ada, but it's like Ada reverse engineered the crossbow thing. So it's kind of again, I, I just really like uh, how it ties like the themes in it. Like it really feel the world feels very lived in, nice. very alive. Like, um, and yeah, I'm just really sucked in. I like the music. It's nothing like 
I'm not humming the tunes constantly in my head or anything, but it just like fits the aesthetic, you know, whatever aesthetic. zone I'm in. Yeah, it fits the vibe of the level. Um, and I'm actually in the it seems like there's going to be five zones, at least on the main overworld. You know, you never know with these games if there's right. going to be some kind of extra thing. But I'm, I have made it to the fifth uh, zone and I'm just like plowing through this game. Nice. But, um, just having a lot of fun because, yeah, it makes every every time you go down. Uh, to the world even when you die you're you're getting spark light every time um the one thing i'll say now that i'm like getting to the point where the the upgrades are getting a little pricier um getting you know going down into the world like i'm only i'm not getting as much spark light like i'm having to play a few runs at this point to really be able to mm-hmm. put my money towards anything of of any worth to me at this point right uh, so that's been a little bit of a disappointment but um this I'm I'm getting to what I think is the tail end of the game. Um how so many hours I, in not you a huge complaint. so far? I, I would say I'm in like the ten to fifteen hour okay. range. Mm-hmm. Um maybe more, but but no more than twenty at the most. But sure. I, I've definitely been like playing this as like whenever I have free time and I'm not playing Slay the Spire, <laughs> right. which is lately this has been more like when I'm not playing Sparklight, I'm playing Splay uh Slay the Spire. Nice. So yeah, I, I'm really having a good time and I'm excited to finish this game. I, I definitely I, I was telling John earlier, too, this is probably the first game in a really long time where I'm like, get I'm gearing up and I'm playing it. I'm like, I really hope there's a new game plus because I wouldn't mind. Wow. I, 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 the one thing I'll say again, the, a lot of these roguelike games are tend to be on the challenging side and not that this one's so easy or anything, but <clears throat> pardon me. But uh, it is on the easier side. Like it, yeah. I would say the combat, especially as you just kind of you can just kind of commit to grinding and like level up and or beef up your weapon. You can kind of, you know, I am hitting some some enemies in this fifth zone that are are causing me some trouble. But up until now, I've been able to pretty easily just slice my way through um, without too much struggle. But that's kind of the game I would go that's for these fine. days, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. So there's yeah, nothing just, wrong with that. Yeah, a I, but laid I back for once, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I even don't mind that there's no like puzzle dungeons because I don't, yeah. especially if it is going to be procedurally generated. Like, yeah, you know, I, I like that there's just hey, we're not going to mess around. We're just going to stick to these core mechanics. And and again, it just feels really good to move around. You have like a little uh, booster, like kind of jetpack thing that you can like launch yourself a little quick like dash. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just feels like you, you don't move slow at all. It feels very fluid to move around. I, I really love just moving around. And a lot of times in top down games that can be kind of stiff, um, but it feels like you just have a full 360 degrees of motion, which feels great. Nice. So, yeah. Can't, I personally can't recommend this game enough. I'm Damn. excited for John to play some more and hopefully all Sorry. of us to play some more. Seriously. Um, but I think, uh, that's, I can wrap that up there for now and I'll follow up maybe after I polish this game off and maybe find out if there is a new game plus, but, uh, Randall, uh, can kind of talk a little bit here. And I think John's played a little as well about a game, uh, that I think we've all been waiting a really long time for a really long Uh, time, (laughs) a couple (laughs) decades plus. Honestly, yeah. I mean, close to t- 25 years, for an official really. release. Um, yeah, at least an official release. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk a little Star Fox 2, which was just added to the Nintendo Switch, like Super Nintendo service on the yeah. Nintendo Switch online service. And then also was a, I think it probably it was like, also on the SNES Classic. Yeah, the, the SNES Classic Mini. Yeah, uh, which that was, was kind of came a out big about a year. For was it. that about a year before? 2017 was the SNES Classic. Oh. Okay, so about two years before. Yep. So, okay, Man, cool. Well, yeah. I, I was really tempted to pick up that SNES Classic almost Same. exclusively for that purpose. Like, oh, this I, is my I way. I picked up that baby. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was the only selling point. That was the yeah. only reason I considered buying one. So I was like, I, I, we've talked a little bit on the podcast before, but at least Randall and I have a decent retro collection of, mm-hmm. of actual cartridges. So like, oh, yeah. there wasn't too much in that package that I didn't have. But Star Fox 2... Uh, you know, you're speaking my language a little bit, so. And I did technically have uh, a cartridge of Star Fox 2, albeit a illegal bootleg one, um, mm. of a ROM that had been floating around on the internet for a long time. But come to find out, it's not even the finished ROM. The actual finished uh, ROM. Oh, really? Yes. Was never released up until uh, this Super NES Classic. And then now, thankfully, uh, on the super uh nes online switch service which i was a little bit surprised that they put it on there i thought they'd just kind of keep it with that snes classic as kind of like the reason to buy that but maybe they're Me not too, manufacturing yeah. those as much i don't know um but yeah star fox 2 so originally this game was like fully developed it was ready to ship like uh nintendo had worked with uh argonaut uh who had also developed uh original star fox and i believe stunt race fx as well um they were big like early 3d like super gurus um Mm -hmm. they helped nintendo develop the super fx chips um actually um so this was one of the few games that would use the super fx2 chip um the only real notable one that did is uh, yoshi's island oh Um, yeah so which is another classic um, otherwise, I think the Super Nintendo version of Doom also did, but that wasn't didn't come out super hot compared to other versions. Um, cool mm-hmm. that it existed, but um, yeah, but yeah, this was ready to release, and then they just decided not to. A lot of people speculated at the time that that was because uh, the Nintendo sixty four was about to come out, and you know they thought pretty heavily about the you know we're probably going to make a Star Fox there, which they did, Star Fox sixty four. My favorite Star Fox, I think most people's favorite Star Same. Fox, I would think. Um, I love that game. Star Fox 64, uh, I'll throw that out there too, is probably a top five N64 game for me personally. Um, I feel I, that strongly. I would be tempted to put it in the top 10 of all time games for me. Oh, that's get out hey, of here. Shut up. <laughs> shut your fucking face. Star Fox 64 gr- is so good. I, I like it. I it's like an it. endlessly it's just, replayable yes, game. Yes, it is. And there aren't as know. many of those as you'd think. I still feel like, you know, obviously on, on the Super Nintendo Star Fox games, uh, Star Fox 1, and I've, I did play like just a second or two of Star Fox 2. The controls are a little tough, you know, sure. it's, a, it's a little stiff. <laughs> you don't have but that I second even, analog stick. You don't have a first yeah. analog stick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I, I kind of feel the same a, a little bit about Star Fox 64. I just can't get the handling down to feel quite right to me. I don't That's know. I, I just... I just don't love that game. I don't have the love that everyone else has for it. It's honestly probably the reason why I have to invert the Y axis (laughs) on every single game I play. Uh Uh-huh. Just because I think that like got me so used to being like, yep, nope, that's how you would control it if that was your face. You're totally right. It does feel right with like flying games, I will say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I do feel sometimes like when I'm aiming a gun or something, I feel like I want it to just be up is up, down is down. But yeah, flying a a spaceship, I might want to might want to invert those controls. For whatever reason, I never did when it came to like uh, then playing Goldeneye or playing Halo or whatever. I kind of just stuck with a regular, not the inverted, even though I loved games like star fox 64 so much with the inverted mm-hmm. um but anyway back to star fox 2 so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it officially released i finally got a chance to play like the fully finished rom um for what it's worth it only takes like 30 ish minutes to beat this game 
Oh. Uh, there's not a ton there, but I really like what is there. There's a lot of really clever ideas. Uh, it's a lot more ambitious than you might think it is. Um, there's a really cool, it kind of sets you at first in this overworld. There's cutscenes going on, which Star Fox has always been really good with just kind of setting an atmosphere. It's kind of Nintendo's way of making a Star Wars thing with cute animal creatures. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so in this overworld, uh, your, your objective is to kind of protect your home base planet. And uh, Andros, in his uh, weird ape form, is uh, sending out minions and missiles to attack your home base. So in the overworld, you're kind of seeing these missiles come towards you. And you, as your kind of uh, Arwing avatar, uh, need to go and kind of intercept those missiles. Otherwise, your base is going to take damage. So once you go and touch one of those missiles, it puts you in this kind of free-flying uh, Star Fox um, gameplay mode where you're just kind of finding, uh, you know, your target, this being the missile, you know, within the 3D, fully 3D space. So it's not like the Star Fox 64 or original Star Fox where you're kind of on rails with kind of a limited view space. This is the full 3D mode like happens in Star Fox 64. Huh. That's yeah. sweet. It is. It's it's really ambitious for a Super Nintendo game that they were able to actually pull this off. Um, and it works. Uh, another really cool thing that they didn't have to do is you can play six different characters. All of them play yeah. slightly differently. It's like there's voice acting happening there. They're not just bleep, 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 bleep. like there's <laughs> like that's happening, but they're actually saying words, uh, which I'm like, wow, that's they really went into this like they spent some time on this thing. Um, you have a second character with you, so you can play as, you know, Fox or Falco, any of the main characters. I picked Falco because Falco's cool. He's Same. a little dick. So <laughs> I had to pick Falco and then it, it like picks a second character for you. You kind of have to stop it to select and it selected Peppy. But as Peppy does, he just kind of begs you to do whatever <laughs> training thing you need to do over and over mm -hmm. and over and over and over again. Uh, like I get it. I know, I know how to do the barrel roll move in this game, but sure. I'll keep doing that. You know, this game isn't that hard. I'm, I'm taking damage, but I'm still fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, you defeat the missile in the overworld and then you have to kind of take out these, uh, enemy Andros bases as you're kind of moving your way from one corner of the, the overworld play field towards Andros's base. Um, you'll get into these Andros mini base areas where you turn from the, the regular R-Wing that's flying into this kind of land, you know, I don't need, I'd call it like, like in Star Wars, the, uh, the kind of walker. Uh, the AT-STs. Yes. The two-legged. The two-legged guys, yes. It's very, very similar to that. They basically ripped it okay. off. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're kind of moving around uh, on, on foot. Generally, you're kind of finding switches to unlock the base to get inside of it while you're kind of taking fire from different directions it's 3d so you're kind of having to use the shoulder buttons to kind of look left or right because you you don't have that analog control but a little clunky at first but you kind of get used to it and it's i didn't not even so know hard. that you could turn the camera left or right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was just moving like i was just strafing yeah throughout all of those segments like just being like all right everything has to be directly in front of me in order for me to hit it Definitely. And that's kind of what you have to do. And you have to just kind of get used to that being your reality. And yeah, that is a little jank uh, in 2020 to get used to that. But it's still it, cool, though. It's, it it's not it, it's not unplayable. Like I, I would get into those sections and I would be like, yep, no, I know how to do this. Like, yep, it's pretty well communicated. And 
Yep. And when you get into those little bases, it kind of gets into like a uh, dungeon crawler or even kind of like a doom vibe happening. Um, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, again, really impressive that Super Nintendo can pull this off with this Super FX2 chip. So, like, the music isn't quite as good as the original Star Fox or Star Fox 64, but those are what I consider kind of top-tier soundtracks, so Mm -hmm. um, can't really blame them too much for that. But I think if you have access to this, it's super worth playing for 30 minutes of your time just to see what the Super Nintendo was capable of, especially if you have any passing interest in Star Fox. Yeah, so is is there, like, any, like, strategy element? Because I was getting a little bit of that vibe with, like, that overworld map where you're kind of picking which node you're going to go to. Like, there, is there a little bit of strategy going on there? Or a little is bit. That, is that pretty light? It's it's definitely light. It's definitely more of a straightforward action thing with an overworld. But there are, um, there's actually, towards your base, um, there's kind of a node that's not too far away that acts as, a, a, like, a charge-up missile that can take out enemy missiles if it's like charged up and ready to go where if you land on that it'll kind of shoot out and take out one of those uh enemy uh andros missiles without you having to go in and start the whole like gameplay loop uh in the 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 freeform mode so there's little things that you can do and you can decide which way you want to tackle you know this base or that base or let this missile kind of go past you for a while and then warp back and take care of it later so there's a little bit of that happening but the, the game is um, kind of so scoped in that there's not much need to strategize. But gotcha. it's still such a cool concept. Oh, like, yeah. I, I can't believe that they didn't go back to that well for any of like the future games. Like Not besides it's... the 3D mode in Star right. Fox 64 for boss battles. Like, uh, in the, not even all boss battles for that matter. But like when you're fighting uh, Star Wolf, like that's the only time that that is yeah. comparable to what happens in Star Fox 2. And Star Wolf does make an appearance in this game too with a couple different characters, which is cool. Nice. Now do any of those other like those two new characters are they in any of the pre or the future I don't games think or so. no? No, no so they just totally tabled. Like they don't look like Biff and Cat that were in no. 64. Like they look like they're just completely different characters and huh. again, like that would be cool if like they came back. That would be sweet. Yeah, it's just it's it is crazy to me that Nintendo just decided like I kind of get the decision of like, hey, the 64 is just going to so outshine the whatever 3D is impressive on this. Like, even though it is impressive for the Super Nintendo, like I kind of get the logic of it, but I also don't get the logic of like if it's that done. Yeah. Or that close to being done. Just put it out. Yeah. You know, I I guess I mean, I guess, you know, there are all the production costs and this and that. But I just can't imagine having put again, if this is like. And the amount of polish you're talking about that's on here, at least the amount of like innovation going yeah. on. Like there's a lot of not just time and effort, but a lot of money probably went into oh, making yeah. this game. So probably it, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That Super FX 2 chip, it probably not cheap to manufacture, but boy, it like oh, no. I would compare the power of that thing to like a 32X system, which is like pretty damn impressive at the time to just oh, yeah. go on a cartridge. Like that's crazy. Yeah. It's worth, uh, if I remember, which I never do, but I, if I remember, I'll put this in the show notes, but I, I watched, uh, if, you, if anyone's familiar with uh, SNES Drunk on YouTube, oh, yeah. he, uh, he recently talked about some like ROM hacks or something that like the, the most like, or like improvement patches or something. I forget what he, what he refers to them as. I think he calls them improvement patches. And one of the things that, uh, that they have is essentially you can, if you have a ROM for Star Fox, like the original Star Fox, but I'm sure it works for Star Fox 2, there's essentially like 
it just runs anything that maybe it wasn't the super FX now that I'm thinking about it, maybe, but anything that runs in like mode seven or anything yeah. like that, it just like runs that in HD essentially. So he was like showing clips of like pilot wings, like, oh, just geez. no, nothing is blurring at all. It's like the whole image is just totally crisp and clear. Damn. And I, I want to say he showed some clips of Star Fox of like maybe it wasn't that same patch, but just like a, a way to make that run. Like there's a patch for Gradius uh to gradius three to just run with no slowdown oh, whatsoever wow uh same with contra three which i guess has just like a little bit of slowdown yeah, like he, he was like it's some. not as noticeable but yeah he was like this just essentially eliminates it so now now that i'm like rattling these games off i'm like maybe he didn't talk about Star Fox. but either way <laughs> if you aren't familiar with snes drunk it's worth checking out his channel for either these kind of random like weird obscure things but he's also just like a Talking about classic Super Nintendo, just oh, classic yeah. games in general, whether they're ones you've heard of or not. So, oh yeah, he's worth checking out. Sorry to tangent. Yeah. yeah, sorry to tangent there for a sec, especially because I think I'm wrong now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. But I'm pretty sure there was something about Star Fox running. We'll smoother. fact check you. It's still the same theme though. Like I wanted to talk about Star Fox Two because it was such an interesting, ambitious thing, and that's what SNES Drunk gets into too. Yeah, for sure. For Absolutely. sure. Thanks for thanks for saving me. There. That's what thanks I'm here for saving for, me there. <laughs> well, uh, well, I know John's been also putting a lot of time into the SNES. Uh, keep wanting to say SNES classic, but the online games that are available on the switch. So what have you been playing, John? Yeah. So uh, earlier in the podcast, I mentioned uh, not this episode, but uh, that they uploaded Breath of Fire one oh, to yeah. the SNES online service in like and, the initial batch, right? right. Of, like 20 games. And I mentioned how like, oh, like that seems like a really interesting choice to in- just include as like, oh, yeah, we have got all your favorite games right. like Super Mario World, Super Metroid and Breath of Fire. Yeah, there's a Capcom <laughs> <Yeah>. RPG, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like it, I. I had, you know, a bit of a relationship with Breath of Fire 1, but like I had a much like a, a much bigger game in my life with was Breath of Fire 2. Sure. And that got added recently to the SNES online uh, service. And man, I kind of forgot how much this game meant to me. Yeah, it was my pretty much my first JRPG that like really sucked me in that also like introduced me to a lot of the tropes. Like it where there was tons of people who were coming into and leaving your party and like that was shifting a lot and there was a ton of different mini games and this giant scope of, you know, this conspiracy that was taking over the world and, you know, you're going in and all these things that have become, you know, kind of wrote to me over time, but like this was the game that basically introduced it all to me and because right. of that was really important to me. And I have just ingrained so much of that game is just muscle memory to me where I was that's like, always comfortable. Oh yeah. I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. Like yep. I don't know if the game is communicating this that well or just because I have played this game so yeah. much that I know. But I think that it is like I, I think Breath of Fire One is a good game, but I, I really think that Breath of Fire Two like has so many improvements and like but while still maintaining like a ton of the features that are really good in breath of fire one like i think it's just an overall improvement and like a incredible game still and i don't again don't know how much of that is you know me looking through rose-colored glasses and yeah it's like, tough yeah. to separate it isn't it well like what uh what uh compared to other like jrpgs like and maybe you even talked about this on when we talked about breath of fire one before but like what sets it apart from 
the just traditional JRPG of that era, if anything, or or is it just doing it really well? I think it's yeah, just doing it really well. Like uh, I, the only other games that I would compare it to, like Chrono Trigger, you know, has like a much larger scope. But I think that also right. came out like a couple of years. Was that ninety six or five? I think it was Chron- fairly late. Yeah, I want to say. I think so too. Yeah, and like same with like Final Fantasy six. I don't know. Yeah, when that definitely. Came out. Yeah, but like th- those were like huge like those games are like masterpieces that like kind of push the entire like like the snes to its like capability yeah those are like swan songs of the system kind of like and the genre for that matter yeah yeah Yeah. so like this is very like simplistic in comparison to like those but it also you know came out a couple years before and like I i think it just like does its job of here's a story that you know this this fantasy story and here are the characters and the characters are all developed and they all have like personality and that like, always helps. i think i was gonna say story goes a long way in rpg time. on a, it's the story uh, half honestly i think it's the story and the other half is just like unique character design like i mentioned this in breath of fire one how like there aren't others like you are a human and there's like one other like human with wings but beyond that like everyone is kind of just an anthropomorphic like animal yeah and that's cool actually because yeah that's that's like not to say that chrono trigger and final fantasy 6 look the same but i mean they you know they have a somewhat similar aesthetic they all have that kind of like fantasy medieval but not to generalize yeah Yeah, but they Mm -hmm. they i know what you mean like this game looked like you were playing it john was playing it just a little bit before we started recording and it's like really bright and colorful and like the music what's a capcom developed right yeah Yeah. which is really strange that capcom made rpgs during this time like but they did yeah, yeah, and it's and it's got some ideas in it too. Like I, I think you said it was in the first game as well, but like the auto battle system. So like God, again, the so idea. Nice. And I can't believe that that wasn't made standard in like '93. Right. Yeah, it seems great to like just again if you're enjoying the story, like and you're just okay. I got my party set up the way I want it, and I got my items equipped the way I need them, and whatever. Again, I don't know how all the management works in this game, but like you equip and do what you need to do, and then you just kind of run the let the game run its course. I'm sure yep. you're taking charge and like boss battles are more important oh, fights, yeah. but like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm just fighting some minions. Let me just plow through these guys and get my experience. And then again, on the, on the switch, having that added like save States oh, yeah. again, I don't, I don't know what the save system is like in this game, but just those added, uh, perks or those, uh, quality, of, quality life. of life improvements, uh, over what apparently the original game even had a little bit of. So that's pretty cool. And this is, again, me realizing that you can put save states on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> like, good Lord, I keep forgetting this. I keep forgetting that I could also rewind. After I, I, I will admit I used decision. rewind a little bit in Star Fox, too. And not even because it was difficult, because, like, I wasn't paying enough attention in one right. you know, boss battle or something. Like, no, I'm not going to play this whole section again. Let me rewind and do this proper. Yeah, yeah, like I accidentally used an antidote on a character that didn't need it. Right. Like, yeah, why did I do oh, that? Oh, I yep. didn't even think about little stuff like that, that would in be an great. RPG. Yeah. Like, oh man, just like, whoops, I didn't mean to click that. Yep. Like, that is actually, I didn't even, I kind of forgot about the rewind feature. It's but like, sweet. One of, my, my favorite thing about save states is like, there's so many of the, not so much with older games as much, but like, but every now and then there's a game that just has like a long winded tutorial or opening yeah. segment or whatever. And like, you can just make a save state after that. Yes. Like I know how to play a link to the past. Okay. Yes. I don't need to fight this wizard. I forget his name, but I don't need to do this opening sequence 
every time I play this game. So I love the idea of like, I, I actually haven't booted up Link to the Past on the Switch yet, but once I do, I will definitely make a save state like after that and just like, okay, the game is open to me now. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I, I, I do love it for that. So it's um, good stuff. I don't know. Any, anything more to add to Breath of Fire 2, though, John? Or No, I'm just going to... I just unlocked the first Shaman, which means I've uh, now opened up the fusion mechanic of different characters, and uh, I'm just so happy to be Fusing back different characters well, that together? Was, so in, in the first Breath of Fire, you did fuse basically every character other than like the main three, but in this game, you are fusing different uh shaman to your characters and that can transform them into different looking characters wow or yeah. it can just power them up it's Dang. yeah like it's an incredibly involved like it's, just, uh, it's so good i haven't even unlocked the cooking mechanic oh Dang. So <laughs> okay so there's some depth here yeah I, I i did actually just remember one last thing that i've kind of forgot about but like was also a trope that has become very important in games like Chasm or Ashen or Sparklight is that you do like travel the world and bring people back to a village that you build yes, in like nice. the very first thing like cuz the the game opens and you have to find like a hideout for your friend who's running from like the police and like he, do. he's he's rebuilding this old man's hut that you accidentally burned down in like the beginning <laughs> of the game and then like uh, as you go, like you walk into a room and there's this person who's like, oh, I'm living in this bathroom because I have no home to stay in. You can still use it, though. <laughs> and then once you once your town has enough houses, you can go back to that person and be like, hey, I've got a whole house for you. Man, nice. I love the village building stuff. I'm just a sucker for that stuff. Same. Oh, it's so rewarding. I, yes. You know, I haven't messed with it into like in Breath of the Wild. I didn't get to the. I don't even think I found that like village that you can start like building and. I, I haven't messed with that in too many different games, but I'll, I'll have to maybe dip my toe into some Breath of Fire. I almost yes. said Breath of the Wild, but <laughs> that yeah, too. some Breath of Fire. Um, do you recommend two over one in terms I of would, just, yeah, uh, just because like I think it does a lot more things and I think it also does it better. And also I did. I remember I was frustrated in texting like you all guys at the beginning of the game. It's like, I don't remember these games kicking my ass so much. <laughs> <in the beginning. laughs> but yeah, you just you just got to buy a ton of herbs and antidotes at the beginning and just get used to spending all of your money on an inn or on yeah. those healing items because you just got to plow through until you get another character in your party. Right. <laughs> nice. Well, we got uh, we got one more game we want to talk about real quick. I don't think it's going to be too long here, but uh, it's a pretty short game. It's called uh, Whipsy and the Lost Atlas. Or uh, if you saw it real quick on the eShop, you might think it was Kirby and the Lost Atlas. <laughs> but, uh, but and, 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 you know, gameplay wise, it's actually a little bit different. It's, you know, you're not able to fly and you're not able to copy enemies abilities. But More you're a, Simon Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> but you're definitely a, a pink puff ball. And he that, does a little uh, dance. I saw super that. cute. Yeah, the yeah. dance is very Kirby-esque yes. after you beat a level. But uh, but this is just like a, you know, but somewhere between like 8 and 16-bit pixel art. Pretty cute. Nothing nothing overly flashy or anything. But like, you know, on that like maybe Miles and Kilo level. Not even quite. I really like the pixel art actually in Miles and Kilo. Yeah. Uh, it's very expressive. This is like maybe a little less 
expressive in like the animations, but it's like a game game in between Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. And it's it even has a little and there's like there's small little bits of jank. I don't want to just go into like right away things that I don't like about this game. But let, I guess the main mechanics, you're just you're it's a 2D side scrolling platformer. Uh, and essentially you start each level with five lives. Uh, when you kill an enemy, every enemy takes one hit and you just have a whip. You huh. know, your character's name is Whipsy and you just basically whip an enemy and you can either whip enemies or you can whip. Sometimes there's like these little like floating uh, grapples or whatever that you can like jump, whip that and you kind of grab onto that and swing Ooh. back and forth until you jump off. And then when you're in the air, you can hit jump again and you'll like take your whip and kind of do like a propeller over your head and, and kind of float down slowly um, and and to get to some of that jank is like, at least for me, like the timing of the jump, like there'll be times where like I'm thinking I'm going to jump land and then like immediately jump again as soon as I land. But yeah. it'll register it as like I'm pressing that float down like oh. propeller move just like a split second before I land and then it doesn't register the landing properly and I fall off and it's it's not too much. Again, this is a really short game. It's five levels. I'm on the last level right now. And uh, yeah, you start with five lives. Every enemy you kill gives you a few coins. I think I said all this already. Uh, But once you get 100 coins, you get a free life. You get about five hits, I think. You Mm -hmm. get a health bar is about five hits. Every now and then an enemy will drop some health, uh, like a big blue coin that'll give you, I think, five coins and also some health. But uh, but yeah, you basically just like there's like these single screen challenges. Sometimes it scrolls a little, Mm -hmm. but like you just have to get through this one little puzzle. Uh, or clear these enemies, get to the room again. It's very Kirby esque, you know. Go Sounds through the like little it. door, um, and then you just have like those five lives to complete that level. If you get a game over, you get a game over. Uh, you are able to keep your coins, so you can kind of cheese this. Like if you had ninety five coins and you got a game over, um, but on the other hand, <laughs> if you get to it, like you beat a level and you only have one life left, there's almost no point in even trying to beat the next level with just that one life because yeah. it, it is a decently challenging game. It's not. Uh, you know, every once in a while it comes from that that janky control, but it's it's not asking you to do like some kind of Celeste platforming or anything like that. So it's it's still it's it's more like I don't want to say puzzle platformy, but it feels like you kind of kind of just watch the obstacles, watch the enemies, figure out like this is how I'm going to weave through these like flames that are shooting at me it's it's more just like an obstacle course so tougher than kirby in that way anyway definitely harder than a kirby game i mean it's i I would say like me if i were to beat this whole game even with all me continuing i haven't finished the last level yet but it'll probably be less than an hour maybe an hour and a half it's a really short game actually like in terms of like the like life management and like the platforming difficulty it kind of reminds me of like bloodstained curse of the moon huh where huh. it's, at least that's like the level of difficulty that I'm encountering. Yeah. Where it's okay. like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, when you die, like if you get a game over, like you have to play the whole level over. Yeah. And what, like if you just like lose a life, like then you can start back over on the screen that you died on. Mm-hmm. So there is like that little, like, oh yeah, I'm memorizing these enemies' patterns. I'm memorizing the like length of the jump that I have to make to get over this bottomless pit which is where I mostly die is from getting hit by an enemy and then ju- like falling backwards Ugh. into a bottomless pit. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of that, uh, Ugh. Castlevania knockback, nothing mm-hmm. crazy, but yeah, I'm, I'm on the, on the last level, you know, it's a typical castle. And the one thing is like, so this, there's a lot of like kind of dry bone style enemies or whatever skeletons uh. that you hit and they don't die. So you don't get any coins from them. So oh, you run this last level. There's a couple enemies that, that dish out some coins, but you're really not getting, 
there, there's probably no chance of getting a one up on this last level unless you're just stacking them up and getting game over after game over. Right. Um. So you're I, I got to the final boss one time, but I, I was not able to I only I was on my last life, so I wasn't oh, able geez. to take another stab at it. So. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely having fun. I'm, it was on sale for three bucks. I think it's normally six bucks. So it's it's definitely not asking much. Right. Um, I it's you know, it's not the most polished thing, but it's it's definitely got it's a plenty solid of charm. I, yeah. I like it a lot. Like, yeah, I, I have some issues with it. But for the most part, like I we were having a discussion uh, like a little earlier about like with like the procedurally generation like and I was just wondering, like, if there is going to be kind of a when reaction to that like people making more like shorter but just like really like focused level design games yeah and i think that this game does a really good job of like yeah this is a very purposeful level design it's like very screen based but at the same time it's like yeah it's very cohesive and it's like trying to put something together that's not also at the same level like the massacre like difficulty level of a celeste where it's yeah, like right. that precision level of like uh, level design yeah and like you said back to like kind of the roguelike thing like it's not trying to just like milk everything out of these mechanics it's just like here's what this game is pretty simple I, but what i will say is i would love to see like a sequel featuring this character like I, yeah. I like the way it controls it would be nice if maybe it was just like a little less stiff a little more fluidity to the movement and stuff but again i i, I do yeah like there's times where i'm like running like i guess the the easiest way i think i said this to you earlier too john like the easiest way to put it is like if I were playing a Mario game, I wouldn't be missing these jumps. Like yeah. it's just yeah. like the way it feels is just like I'll jump a little too early and bonk my head on the ceiling and then fall into the pit or <sighs> I'll jump a little too late and I'll overshoot the jump a tiny bit. And it's just like little tiny things. It's it's a, a small occurrence. It's again, I'm having fun the whole time while I'm playing, but I, I and I am getting honestly pretty mad. <laughs> I think I've had a couple that I've like I kind of screamed at my TV a couple times quietly, <laughs> but but under my breath. But That's great. yeah, definitely, definitely recommend it again. Either three, six bucks. It's a it's a very cheap game. And if you're into 2D side scrolling platformers, I don't think you could really go wrong with this one. It's you yeah, know, nice as long as you're not expecting the next Celeste or something. You right. Know, it's, it's a really fun game. Sweet. Um, But yeah, I think we can uh, wrap it up there this week um, and we'll be back next week with some more uh, video games. But until then, uh, you can find us at pursuingpixels.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Just look up uh, Pursuing Pixels. And uh, again, if you want to drop us a line, uh, pursuingpixels at gmail.com. If you want to yeah. ask a question or, uh, I don't know, comment about anything, feel free to hit us up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, until next week, we will uh, catch you all then and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I actually remember uh, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man was oh, the yeah. first movie I ever got bored at. Really? Yeah. The first like, at, one? At theaters. Okay. Okay. That was The Mummy Returns for me. Oh, God. I really hate mummies. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser is the worst actor no, of no, all you, time. Like, he is you just the gave worst. evidence to the contrary for I me. I will so. never... <laughs> There's also that clip. There's me and my roommate in college were just there was the clip from I don't know if it was the Mummy Returns. It might have been an even later Mummy movie. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know which one that was. But then there was too many of those. Yeah. And then they did that Journey to the Center of the Earth movie that he yep. was in, and there was like a clip in the trailer, at least the commercial, where he was just like, 
we're at the center of the earth. <laughs> and I just like, we would just mock him <laughs> relentlessly for those two clips. Oh. He's so bad. What do, what do you like him in? I, I like him in uh, Scrubs. Encino Man? I mean, come on. <laughs> I like scrubs, him in okay. George of the Jungle. Oh, yeah. And Dudley Do-Right. 